You're listening to the audio ministries of First Baptist Church of Troy, Texas. You're invited to join us for live and in-person morning worship every Sunday morning at 1045 a.m. Visit fbctroytx.org for a list of our activity times and family-centered community ministries. Now here's today's message. Matthew 28. Go ahead and get your Bible open there to uh, to that passage. We've been camped out there and... Uh... And we're going to just look at another layer of this command that Jesus has given. As you're turning there, um, I want to read something that I put together. Three, what I'm just going to call real life vignettes. So set your Bible aside and just listen. Kelly attended church, a church worship service, at the result of an invitation from a friend at work. Pastor's message connected with Kelly's areas of personal need, she sensed deeply her need for Christ, and she responded by going forward to receive Jesus as Savior and prayed to trust Christ. It was a glorious moment for Kelly. She felt the weight of life lifted from her heart. Her friend took her to lunch to celebrate and promised that she would get back soon with some information about getting involved in a small group. A few weeks passed, Kelly had not heard from her friend. She kept coming to the worship service, but did not get connected with a Sunday school class or a small group. Uh, She bought a Bible, but she struggled to know where to begin. She read it, but she struggled to understand what things meant. After about five years, Kelly's life is better, but she feels like there should be more to being a Christian than she is experiencing. The second one. Jeff has three kids, a son who is 10, a son who is 7, and a daughter who is 5. Jeff and his wife faithfully attend their local church. Their kids are involved in children's programs on Sundays and Wednesdays. He's thankful for Sunday school teachers, children's ministry volunteers who teach Bible lessons to the groups of kids. But Jeff feels like there's something more that he needs to do at home to help his kids learn about following Christ. He tried to read a Bible story to them at bedtime, but they seemed kind of bored. He tried to bring up something at the Sunday lunch table from what the pastor had said during the service, but he couldn't remember exactly how it went, and there was food on the table. He just can't seem to figure out how to communicate with his kids about how to grow as a follower of Christ. Third, Jan was captivated by a recent sermon series that her pastor taught on the Great Commission. While she fully understood and believes Jesus' command that making disciples involves sharing the gospel and inviting people to trust Christ as Savior, she was particularly drawn to the teaching them to obey part of the message. Being a high school math teacher, Jan loves to teach. She's nat- so she naturally gravitated toward the thought of teaching people how to follow Jesus and grow as a Christian. But where can she find someone to teach? All of her friends are believers. She doesn't have any children of her own. Her church, as far as she knows, doesn't offer a dedicated discipleship program that she can get involved with. Jan just doesn't know where to begin. Three vignettes. There are many more. Those are just three. That I, as I looked at church, as I looked at Christians, and as I thought about our church, Real-life scenarios, those are all made up, but they're very real life. Maybe one of you, or more than one of you, identified with one of those. 
or it at least sounded like something you're like, yeah, I can see. I've observed something like that. Well, as we look at this, the Great Commission, what we've got to see is that God, through His Son Jesus Christ, has given us a command to go, as we have seen, make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And so last week, our pastor did a really great job looking at baptism, you know, sharing the gospel, inviting someone to trust Christ. And then what, what does that mean? That was covered well. The other, let me just get this, the other side of our balance beam, if you'll remember that, teaching them to obey. Evangelism, baptizing in the name, teaching them to obey. And that's what we're going to focus in on this morning. By way of review, we've seen it's a command, it's to all nations. We've got to share the gospel, call people to trust Christ, teach them how to walk with Jesus. As we look at um, this question, what is a disciple, anyone who's trusted in Jesus for salvation and is growing in their knowledge of God and in obedience to His will for their lives? That's a disciple. They, they know Jesus personally as their Savior. They are growing in their knowledge of who God is. And they're growing in their knowledge of how God wants them to live, and they're doing it. That's a disciple. And so if that's you, just give a little quiet praise to the Lord where you're sitting and ask God for more grace to continue to grow. But if, if you read that or you hear me you know, recite it, and you go, man, I just don't know if that's me. Good news. It can be you. And God wants it to be you. And it will be you, right? Right. I like, who said that? I like that. That was good. Yes, it will. All right. What does it mean to make disciples? So if that's what a disciple was, making disciples, I simplified this as much as I could. Helping people grow from spiritual birth to spiritual maturity over time. But that's just it. People come to know Jesus as their Savior. They leave the realm of darkness where they are alienated from God and spiritual death. They are given life, the light of Christ. Now they belong to Jesus. They are a, a son or daughter in the kingdom of the King. And now they need to grow. Little spiritual babies coming to know Jesus. Wearing diapers and everything. And what's really fun is when they grow a little older and they figure out how to take those diapers off. Now let's... I have a two-year-old. He's put the pieces of that puzzle together. Makes life interesting. But uh, if you've raised kids, or if you've seen someone raise kids, you know what this is about. Man, when babies are born, how sweet to hold a newborn baby and feel the pride and joy he... Why do the girls get left out on that? I'm going to ask Bill Gaither about that. Or, and she, you know, gives whatever. Hey, those babies, man, when they come into the world helpless, they don't know anything. You know, new believers are kind of like that. They know they, they have sin. They needed a Savior. Jesus is Him. They've trusted Christ, and they're forgiven, and they have eternal life. That's about what they know. That's not much. So the need to grow is huge. Just like babies grow from childhood to adulthood, so new believers have to grow like that. Now, as we look at this concept of the Great Commission, I've got some things highlighted here. Of course, go and make disciples is the imperative part of this. The go picks up the imperative nature of make disciples. So it is, hey, you, plural, you, go and go make some disciples. Okay, it's command. Now, two, 
the grammar, they're, they're called participles. You don't care about that. But what they, what the force of these is it's like they have this continuous ongoing action. Baptize and keep on baptizing. In other words, leads people to Christ and lead more people to Christ. And then teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Teach and keep on teaching. Okay? So that, that's what, what we're looking at here. And so the question we want to ask ourselves today is what did Jesus mean when he said, teach them to obey? everything that I have commanded you. What did he mean? I, we're going to break it down, but I think in a nutshell, this is what he's talking about. Helping people learn to obey Jesus' commands from a heart of love for Him. Pretty simple, right? You, who already know Christ, need to help someone who just came to know Christ learn how they can live a life in growing obedience to the Lord from a heart of love for God. I think that last part gets just forgotten sometimes. It isn't just discharging obedience to commands, right? I mean, yes, we obey, but it's obedience motivated by love. I love you, Lord, and I want to please you. You know, that's, that's, that's the heart of it. And so helping people understand that, man, you got to grow in your love for God. Because, I mean, if all we're going to do is just, is just, you know, check obedience boxes, I mean, what kind of a relationship is that? Keep you out of trouble, I guess. But from our hearts, loving the Lord and obeying Him because we love Him. It's a whole different motivation than obeying Him so I won't go to hell, which a lot of people think. Won't it be great to be with Jesus in heaven someday? You might ask, man, I sure hope so. A lot of time that, that answer comes because people have a, a mixed up idea about what it takes to get to heaven. You can't obey your way into the pearly gates. We obey because we love. We love God and we want to obey Him. So I think this is what is getting at. Helping people, decisions we got to make, right? Just got to, that's part of it. But that we do it from a heart of love. So, teaching them to obey. Actually, I want to back up. Don't look at that. Too late. You already did. All right. All the people online are like, screenshot. <laughs> I'm looking at it. Anyway. All right. So, what did Jesus mean? Had it in a nutshell. It's right there. Now, let's break this down a little bit. Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. What is teaching? Somebody just throw it at me. Guiding? What else? Imparting a new knowledge on another. Where's that dictionary that just opened up its mouth and spoke? Who was that? <laughs> Change your name to Miriam Webster back there. But yeah, yeah. Teaching, it's instructing, it's guiding, it's giving new knowledge. Teaching is the other side of this whole equation. Our pastor hit baptizing, evangelism last week. This week, it's teaching, all right? In order to make disciples, we want to help people move from spiritual birth to spiritual maturity over time, and we've got to teach them to obey everything that Jesus has commanded us. I teach is a pretty simple concept. It really is. You show someone and explain to someone how to do something they don't already know. And we all do that. All of us. 100%. If you've ever taught someone to tie their shoe, parents... If you ever taught somebody how to bake a cake or, you know, 
cut a piece of wood with a right angle, or if you've showed somebody how to put AA batteries inside of something and screw the little cap thing back on, you've taught somebody how to do something. All right? And so, the, Jesus, as he tells us this, it's teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. When he says, obey everything I've commanded you, he gives us the outcome and the content of our teaching. So, the content, and I want to get to this, the content, what is the content that we're going to teach? You know, you go to class, you get a textbook, right? You come to Jesus, you get a textbook. You get a Bible. Look at this, all Scripture, 66 books, right here. Useful, God-breathed, came from God. Useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, and righteousness, so that the man of God, woman of God, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Where do we get equipped for the good works and the life of righteousness that God calls us to? Let's say it. One, two, three. That was lame. <laughs> One, two, three. The Bible. Yes, the Bible. This is why it's so important to read this thing. All Scripture, everything in here came from God, and it is useful for... Look at that first word. What's that first word? Teaching. All right? It's useful for teaching. So what does Jesus want us to teach them everything I have commanded you? Where do we find the commands of Jesus? Not hard. Right here. Right in these pages. Very, very easy to find. Look at this. Rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. I love this. Uh, this first occurred to me a few years ago, but if you look at teaching is when you impart instruction, information people need to know. Re rebuking, whew, no, who likes to be rebuked? Zero. No, we don't like to be rebuked, but do you know what? If you're going to get better at something, do you need to be rebuked? Uh, yeah. For those of you who are going, rebuked, what does that mean? It means to tell someone they're wrong. We don't like to hear that, do we? Just go tell someone. Now, you're wrong, man. Who are you? Well, the Bible, uh, we need some rebuking in our lives because I don't know about you, but I don't have it all right. Rebuking tells you, here's what's wrong. Look at that next word. How cool is this? Correcting. Correcting is, here's how you get it right. If, you're, if you are a coach or you've coached or you've watched a coach, this is what they do at practice. Hey, that's not how you line up. Get, you, get here. You know, no, push the open. You know, okay, good, that's better. You got it. Awesome. Do it that way. Rebuking, correcting. That's what God does for us. That's what the Bible does. Here's what's wrong. Here's how to get it right. Training in righteousness. Training in a lifestyle that pleases God. That's what the Bible does for us. All right? So that you can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God's Word is what He wants us to teach people. You know, it's, it's good to you know, share encouragement with folks or share your thoughts with people or whatever, whatever. But man, until we open up this book and we help people understand what it means and what God wants, we're not doing the Great Commission. It's that simple. Positive reinforcement, power of positive thinking, call it whatever you want. But until we open the pages of the Scripture, we're not making disciples. All right? So, what should be the outcome of the teaching portion of the Great Commission is very simple. Obedience to Jesus' commands. The content, God's Word. The outcome in the life of a disciple, growing obedience because they love God. That's what He's called us to, to facilitate. That's what it is. And, and you know, it's never enough to know Jesus' commands. we got to obey Him. 
How many of you parents out there, you say, hey, go in there and make your bed, pick the Legos up, put them away, and then come empty the dishes. All right, cool. 30 minutes later, nothing's happened. Did you hear what I told you? Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> well, well, then what are these Legos and those dishes and whatever, whatever? Oh, you know, well, I just got distracted doing this. How often does that work? If your house is like mine, you know? And if you're a, if you're a kiddo sitting here this morning, you're kind of getting the other side of that illustration. But yeah, it's never enough to just know what God wants us to do. We've got to do it. We have to do it. Look at this, Matthew 5.19. Why is this so awesome and so important if we do this in the lives of other believers? Check it out. So anyone who breaks one of the least of these commands and teaches others to do so will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever obeys them and teaches others to do so will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Now think about, let this soak in for just a second. Don't worry about that first part. If you're telling somebody to break God's commands, you're in trouble. We're going to leave it at that, all right? But whoever obeys God's commands, growing as a disciple, that's me, trying to grow. Lord, I want to know what you want me to do, and I want to do it well because I love you. And goes, and hey, come here. Um, I notice you've trusted Jesus as your Savior. Let's have coffee and talk because I've been watching. And in love, I need to tell you a couple things, all right? And teaches others to do so will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. What a magnificent promise from the Lord. Why? Because when, when you and I take this book and we go to another believer and say, hey, let's together learn these commands so that we can obey God and love Him better. I've been doing this a little longer. I've got some thoughts for you. You know what? You might have a thought or two for me. But let's grow together. When you and I do that, we are facilitating another person's ability to obey God and love Him better. And God says, you'll be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Because He delights when a disciple of His takes His word seriously in faith and obeys it and helps somebody do the same thing. He delights in it. And that's a powerful promise. Um, if we look at John 14, 21, Jesus said, whoever has my commands and obeys them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love him and reveal myself to him. There's, see, when you as a follower of Christ decide, I am going to step into this great commission and I'm going to help people come to know Christ and I'm going to help people grow. And I don't know everything, but I know some things. And I'm going to impart what I got to help somebody love God better and obey His commands more. You are helping people into this car right here. You're like, here, the door's open. Step in. Let's go for a ride. Because whoever has Jesus' commands, there's that having the commands part. Remember that? And obeys them is the one who loves me. So you just do an inventory on our lives and we'll say, okay, how's my obedience level? Because that's a corollary to my love level to the Lord. To the extent I am willing to lovingly obey God's commands, it is a measure of the extent that I really love Him. And you know, we can sing, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. 
but don't hold me to too much obedience because that really cramps my style. No, I've never sung that version, have you? <laughs> no, we don't, but I've lived that version. Have you? Yeah, we have. But this is what being a disciple is about. It's about growing out of that kind of a lifestyle to say, I love you, Lord. Examine my life and help me obey. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and reveal myself to him. There is a, listen to this, there is a special depth of knowing Christ that we get in on when we cultivate loving obedience to his commands in our lives. Uh-huh, yeah. How many of you have more than one kid? So you don't have any kids. Just listen to the illustration. It'll work, I promise. All right? You know, sometimes you have... Children are all different in a family. And sometimes you have one kid that's like, I'm going to evaluate everything you say and decide if I need to do it. Those are the fun ones. And then you have some kids, they're like, oh, yes, sir. I would be glad to obey. Could I do something else, Dad? Or Mom? And you're going, oh, my heart. You know, and God's got those kinds too. <laughs> Which one are you? <laughs> Which one are you? And it isn't that God loves people differently. He loves us the same. But there's a nature of intimacy that deepens when I come to God and I say, God, I love you. I'll do that. You got anything else for me? Instead of, you know, Lord, I'm going to have to read this book and decide if it's really true and if I'm really going to obey it. So I'll talk to you later. He's like, all right, I'll see you in a little while. Have fun. Mm -mm. Right? And so Jesus tells us there's a depth of intimacy that grows in our lives when we're willing to take an inventory and say, God, you know, I've got... And I want to do something about it because I want to be a better disciple. So I want to love you better. And I want to help other people do that too. I want to help other people do that too. So the question then, what does it look like to teach people to obey Jesus' commands? Colossians 1, 28 and 29. I'm going to leave it up here. This is going to be our roadmap for the next two hours, okay? Just kidding. Three. No. Watch this. Paul said this. We proclaim Christ, that's the hymn there, by instructing and teaching all people with all wisdom so that we may present every person mature in Christ. Toward this goal, I also labor struggling with all of His power which works powerfully within me. This is a great memory verse. This is, I think this is the outline for what it looks like to teach people to obey everything Jesus has commanded them. I'll break it down, but I mean, this is like, it's the bag, it's got the double meat cheeseburger, the biggie fries, it's got the drink, ketchup, mustard, whatever you like on it, it's right in front of you. This is it. So if you don't have this memorized, get you a little screenshot, write it down, memorize this one. Now let's break it down a little bit. We proclaim. That word is closely associated to the word for the gospel or evangelize. Good news. We proclaim Christ how? By instructing. This is a fascinating word. It has a real negative kind of concept to it. One very popular word for this culture, right? It has the idea of admonishing someone, warning them, because there's something that could cause a lot of trouble. This translation chose to say instructing. Sometimes we need in our lives a negative 
command. Hey, don't do that because it'll turn out like this. Sometimes we need that. And anybody who only, you know, never gives any negative instructing kind of teaching and only gives positive, 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 positive. I'm all about the positive. But at some point, if there's something wrong in my life, I need you to give me a negative command. Stop it. And the Bible's full of them. It's full of both. All right? So instructing and, here's our word again, teaching. Same word Jesus used in Matthew 28. So proclaim Christ, share the good news, instruct, hey dude, that's not going to work. Teach, hey, here's what you need to do. Here's the information you need to know so you can follow Christ. All people. Anybody outside of all people? Zero. All people with all wisdom that we get from the Bible, by the way, that we may present every person mature to Christ. Did you ever think of your job and my job as a Christ follower to be, I'm going to present some people to Jesus someday. Hey, look, these folks are mature. Or even now, in this life. Not that I'm going to stand there with them at the judgment. Jesus, here are my five. That's not what I'm talking about. What I mean is that there are people in our church, in our personal lives as individuals, that when we're praying to the Lord, we can say, hey, God, look. Man, I, you brought these one, two, three, four, whatever, this, this group, this class, this whatever, into my life, and I, I've been teaching them to obey your command. I've been obeying what you told me to do. And look, they're growing to maturity. God, you get all the worship and praise. Thank you for letting me serve you. Do you ever think that that's yours and my personal, individual job via the Great Commission? See, I think in a lot of churches, you get this idea that that's the preacher's job. That's the small group leader's job. That is the Sunday school teacher's job. It's not my job. Wrong. If you've trusted Christ, it's your job. It's my job. All of us. Because, I mean, one guy can't do that for... 100, 150, 200, 2,000, 5,000, whatever the number is. But I, I don't know the number of people that are in here this morning, but if, but if even half of this group was actively doing this, wow, what a kingdom impact. The, the goal is that we could present people mature. That doesn't mean perfect, okay? You won't be perfect, and neither will I until we're with Jesus in heaven. It means mature, grown up, able to do the things that grown up people do, Right? It, you know, when there's sin in my life, I respond, you know, with repentance and, and turning away from it. When, you know, there are commands that Jesus is giving me, giving me, I can look at them and evaluate them and do what He says. You can be a mature, functioning believer in this life if you are willing and if I am willing to take God at His Word, get into His Word, grow as a disciple and help others do the same. That's maturity. Not perfection, but maturity. Grown up. I want to be a grown-up, right? I hope you do too. Paul says, toward this goal, I also labor struggling with his power that works powerfully within me. I think this is why we don't get more of this in our church. It is hard work. I'm raising three kids right now. I don't know what my wife's... No, I'm kidding. We... <laughs> ooh, see, she's not here right now, so I can get up. <gasps> she's watching. My wife and I are raising three boys. Now, some of you who raised like nine kids, you're just going, cry me a river, dude. Get over yourself. But hey, raising children is hard work. I mean, there are days, Stephanie and I, just at the end of the day, they're finally asleep, and you just go and you just kind of flop down on the bed and just stare at the floor. 
while the drool comes out of your mouth, you know. Some of you are laughing. You've had days like that. And you think, guess what? The alarm goes off at 520 and I get to do it again. It's hard work raising kids. You know what? It's hard work raising Christians. They got ideas. And they ain't all good ideas. But you were the same way. So was I. Still am. But it's a worthwhile endeavor. And Paul said, this is what I'm working at. I'm struggling mightily. I'm working hard. <clears throat> what do you need to be able to do this? What do you need? First thing you need, you need knowledge and understanding of Jesus' commands. You can't impart what you don't possess. I did not make that up. Somebody way smarter than me did, and I heard him say it. I remembered it, though. You and I cannot impart what we do not possess. Now think about that for a second. Because sometimes people sit and they hear a sermon series on the Great Commission and making disciples and they're thinking, dude, that's good for somebody, but I can't do that. You don't understand. I don't even think I could tell somebody. I mean, I, I trusted Jesus as Savior and I kind of understand that. I, I don't know what the Bible says about it. I don't have any verses memorized or, you know, I, I sure don't have anything to teach. Any, I, I, that's, I thought that was a Sunday school teacher's job, but now I'm hearing it's mine and I'm going, dude, I don't know what to do with that. We can't impart what we don't possess. And this is where we got to take a real sobering kind of inward look and say, okay, what do I really have? Remember those vignettes? All three had this in common. Someone, for whatever reason, either did not grow in Christ or was struggling to help other people grow in Christ. I think there's a lot of people that come to faith in Jesus and for whatever the reason is, they don't get out of the crib. And so, five years, 10 years, 15, 20, 30, 60 years may go by and they do not grow up spiritually. I think that, you know, a lot of folks try in different ways and they don't experience what they would call success and they give up. I don't want that to be people here. And I don't think you do either. But as we look at what we need, we've got to have knowledge and understanding of Jesus' commands. You get in the Bible. You get on your knees daily. Find, a, find somebody that you look up to and admire who walks with Christ and say, hey, I'll buy you a burger or coffee or whatever. And I would like to talk to you and ask you some questions because I don't have this all figured out. You see, at some point, every disciple has to show forth some initiative to say, look, I just don't think I'm growing. There's got to be more than this just come to church, go home thing. And I'm going to find somebody that at least looks like they're growing. And I'm going to go talk to them. And if I can't find anybody else, I'm going to come make an appointment with my church pastor and we are going to talk. The second thing is personal application of Jesus' commands. You can't teach what you can't do. I can't swing a golf club. Hit anything straight though, I can swing it. I can't hit anything straight. Zero. Nothing. I'm not going to try to teach somebody how to play golf. I tried. It was too easy. I gave up. So uh, that's going to hit some of you tomorrow morning. Too easy. No, it's... Uh, it, I, don't, I don't know the mechanics and I can't... Listen, if we're not growing in Christ personally, how are we going to teach somebody else how to do that? Right? Third, you've got to have a willingness to share what you've learned. 
you can be kind of growing and kind of clicking along. God's teaching you stuff. And you know, it's like, it's like your life is a, is, a, is a pipe system and this blessing and knowledge and growth comes down from the Lord. There's another one that goes out from your heart. It's supposed to connect with somebody else. But what happens is we just go, reep, 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 reep. Oh, life with Jesus is so good. I wish everybody understood how this feels. And God's going, hey, turn that valve the other way, man. Turn that valve the other way, girl. Open that conduit of blessing up and share it with somebody. Take some initiative. Go find somebody that you think might need to grow and say, hey, I'm so-and-so. Or, hey, I've known you for a while. Let's go get a burger. They may not know exactly what you're up to. That's okay. They've lived in ignorance for a long time. A little bit more won't hurt. Okay? Be just fine. Take some initiative to go and with willingness share what you've learned. So that, that's what you need. How do you get started? How do you get the ball rolling? Sometimes that's just the hardest part. First of all, commit to grow personally as a follower of Jesus. We just talked about that a little bit. It's when you say, I, I, I am going to grow. You know, I'm seven, I'm 87, whatever, and everything in between and above. But I'm going to grow. I am going to know Jesus, and I'm going to love Him with all my heart, and I am going to get in this book, and I'm going to pound on the doors of heaven until it happens. And I'm not going to quit. Take a step of obedience and believe that Jesus will give you everything you need. I think sometimes we get too caught up in the, well, I don't know what to tell them. Hey, you know what? If you understood that you had a sin problem, Jesus solved it, He died and rose from the dead, you asked Him to be your Savior in faith, and you got saved, guess what? You got something more than the average unbeliever out there because you're born again. And there's a Holy Spirit who lives inside of you. And what He said to His disciples, He said, hey, don't be worried about what to say when you're brought before people. I'll give you the words. Now that's not to say, well, oh, cool. So you mean I don't have to read the Bible? That sounds great. Just walk along and Jesus will be, no, no. He was talking about when you get drugged before the magistrates under persecution and they're like, tell us about this Jesus. He says, I'm with you. I'll take care of you. Kicker is they knew that stuff. Look, I think that it's just being willing. You're listening this morning and there's going to come a time at the end of this message someday, hopefully, that you will be called on to make a decision. What are you going to do? What am I going to do with what we hear? And you're going to say something like this. Okay, Jesus, I'm not sure how it works, but I'm going to take a step of faith and, and, and I'm going to start praying over this and I'm going to get some information. Or you're just going to sit there and do nothing. Or you're going to go, hmm, I'll hear you more on this. But it's just a step and say, okay, God, I, you know that Chris talked about those circles of influence. I, I know what mine are. I'm going to start praying. I'm going to start praying for those people. I'm going to be diligent. I mean, I did it for a couple of days and then I forgot for a whole week. I'm going to do it today. My family, my coworkers, my friends, people in the car line, you know, people at HE, where, wherever you're going. I'm going to pray for them. And God, I'm going to ask you, will you open up a door so I can share the gospel with somebody? And then you just start watching. Okay? It's literally that simple. Now, it's not simple. I don't want to oversimplify it. It is a little scary, but that's where faith comes in. All right? God will ask us to do things that are scary. Why? So we'll have to trust Him. He's into that. <laughs> Here's the next one. Pray within your circles. We just talked about that. Share the gospel. Lead someone to Christ. Help them grow. Repeat. That's the rest of your life till you get to heaven. That last one right there. 
Share the gospel, lead someone to Christ, help them grow, do it again. And if you do that, while you're loving the Lord and growing as a disciple yourself, someday you're going to stand in front of Jesus and He's going to say, Well done, faithful servant. Come into the reward prepared for you. You know, making disciples is it's a command, it's a call. We've got to do it. It can be a little intimidating, yeah. But what great thing have you ever accomplished that wasn't a little intimidating? I can't think of one. A little piddling stuff here and there and so forth. Eh. But what great thing in your life ever happened without an element of risk? without an element of having to step out in faith and say, God, I don't know exactly how or what, but here we go. And that's what we have to do. It's what we have to do. I said earlier that you have all taught somebody something. And you have. Anyone can teach anybody something. Take that concept from your life and bring it before the Lord and say, God... I can teach somebody something. And I'm willing. If you'll help me, I'll do it. Just help me to know the next step to take. And don't sit back and just wait. Be proactive. Go looking for something. Go looking for someone. I find that very often, if I will just cultivate time with people, and that's as simple as just going through your schedule, you see somebody that you know and you don't, Dodge them in Walmart. You know who you are. <laughs> you ever have that? Because if God is sovereign, now I'm not saying you always have to talk to everybody. I'm just kind of tongue-in-cheek there. But if God is sovereign, and He's in control of all things at all times, and He loves you perfectly, and He has a plan for your life, and you're just bebopping and somebody comes around the corner, bam, and you know them and they know you, and a conversation must happen because you weren't able to get away, Right? Take that in your mind. Let this thought come into my brain. Okay, God, my sovereign Father in heaven just had me cross paths with this person. What do you want me to do? See in a different mindset that is? Just a couple few weeks ago, there were a couple of boys out here skateboarding. Harlan and I stopped to talk to them. And we were just visiting, and, and uh, I was looking at Harlan, and he was looking at me, and we've been talking about this whole Great Commission thing, and I'm going, well, this ain't an accident, <laughs> you know? And it was in that moment, what are we going to do? Hey guys, glad you're here. Hey, skate anytime. Bye, i got to get home. My, my wife's got lunch on the table. She's really particular. She likes me to eat it when it's warm. Yeah? No. 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 You got ten minutes. So, hey dudes, I see you like to skate. You know, what, what's that on your skateboard? Is that a cross? And it was. How very cool. What do you know about that thing? Oh, you know, you got a church that you go to? Well, how long you lived in Troy? You know, it's that old, if you struggle to talk to people, just ask them questions because everybody likes to talk about themselves, right? Huh? Some of you don't, you, you, you'd meet a horseshoe and make friends with it. But for the rest of you, you know, just, just visiting with people, asking them questions, responding to what they're saying. And do you know what? If you will, get, if you will put yourself in those circumstances, and not with, just with strangers, but with people that you know and love really well, 
cultivating time with people, God will open the doors. And if you don't cultivate time with people, you won't get any open doors. It's as simple as that. Now, I am a stay-home person. My wife is a go-do-things person. I would gladly sit on the porch and just do whatever. I have to really work to, to, to you know, not be too busy. Some of you, have, like, if you had to live that existence, you're going, oh, gosh, bury me now. I couldn't do that. We're all different. And God uses us at different places and different ways. Go into all the world and make disciples, Jesus said. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and helping them learn how to grow from birth, spiritual birth, to spiritual maturity. And I am with you always, he said. We're going to pray in just a moment and then we're going to sing. We're going to have a time when you get to respond that I alluded to earlier. Now, some of you may be doing this stuff and you're going, man, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Charge them horses, man, let's go. Some of you may be thinking, you know, I can't wait to get home. Question is, what will you do today because of what God has shared with you? What will you do differently in your life when you leave those doors and you go into that mission field from what you have learned in this series? How will you look at people differently? How will you pray differently? How will you engage conversation with people that you didn't really mean to engage conversation in differently? Because if you'll take just those concepts and if you will put yourself where you where God wants you to be and be where He puts you, He will give you opportunities. You will be amazed. Let's pray. God, we thank You for this day. We thank You, Lord, for this commission that You have given us. What a great privilege to be part of reaching into a, a dark, lost world to share the gospel, that there is hope and that there is life, forgiveness of sin for lost people. Lord, I, I would just ask that you would help us not to just live kind of in fear of the Great Commission, but to embrace the wonder of it. And you would give us all courage. Like we've all had times when maybe we should have shared Christ or encouraged someone, but we didn't. And Lord, we don't, we don't want to be those kind of followers. We want to be the kind, Lord, that just are willing to put ourselves where you have us and to talk to people and listen and share the good news with them and help them grow. Lord, would you be at work in our church body to raise up people here in great numbers, Lord, who would have a passion for what we've talked about in this series. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We'd like to personally thank you for taking the time out of your day to hear our latest message. Do us a favor and send an email to outreach at fbctroytx.org to let us know that you heard us and what you thought of the message. Remember to visit fbctroytx.org to learn more about how we support our local community. Again, thank you for listening.